Hello and welcome to the Scottish Roadscast, a podcast all about Scotland's roads, bridges and motorways. I'm John Hassel. And I'm Stuart Beard. Stuart, how are you? Very well, John. How are you? I'm very good on this sunny day. Whatever will we be talking about in this episode? It's anniversary time again. Oh, I like anniversary yeah, time. Yeah, and, and funnily enough, 2023 has quite a few big anniversaries. Yep. But this is one I know that you will enjoy because this road, which is one of your favourites. Yeah, if not the favourite. If not the favourite, yeah. is turning 50. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. It is the Clydeside Expressway in Glasgow. The A814. The A814, Glasgow's first proper post-war expressway. And I agree with that. Yes. Now, your involvement with the archive and various things we've we've done over the years actually started with the Clydeside Expressway. You're right, and which... When was this? About ten years ago. About um, a I, ago. I, I believe it was the route I was particularly interested yep. in when I when I made contact with you and I yeah. came across what was Glasgow's motorways Indeed. at the time, and uh, I really wanted to to research this. And I believe it's the first article I wrote. First article you wrote, and one of the first articles that we actually put up on the very old website back yes. in the day. So you know, we we do enjoy a big anniversary. That was uh, a trip down memory lane for some of our long term yeah. fans Indeed. or followers. And the Clydeside Expressway turned turns 50 um, mm-hmm. this week, 27th of April 1973, it was officially open to traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who follow us on social media will by now have seen that we've had a few posts celebrating the anniversary. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, we should mention the release of our new booklet marking the 50th anniversary. Uh, the latest in our anniversary series of booklets, I personally think it's the best one yet. I think it's very, very good. Yeah. And the photos are fantastic. Some stunning photos in Do you know, can I also say, I think this booklet is better than the actual Clydeside Expressway's opening booklet. I would agree with that. <laughs> I, of course, I would say that. But uh, it's also the longest booklet we've, we've released yeah. uh, in terms of pages. There's 20 pages in this one, and it's filled with old, lots of facts, loads of figures, loads of new information, and the photographs, well, there's Measure. a lot of very good photographs in there. And what's so good about it is that it is an area that's transformed so much. Oh, yes. So. Massive changes to the Clydeside Expressway in its lifetime. Uh, and I think that's all worth talking about, just like we've it's, done before. It's very worth talking about. So are there big banners over the expressway just now? Uh, celebrating Sadly, its not. A route that <laughs> doesn't get much appreciation. Doesn't get much credit, you're absolutely no, right. But does a hell of a job. Yes. And keeps the city moving very well. That's what interests to me, because I I remember saying to you, I feel like it's the other M8. In some ways, it does that kind of east to west movement, just north of the Clyde. Yeah. And we're going to talk a bit about that Mm. and the role that it fulfills and how it functions. And it has one or two issues. We won't shy away from that. No. But we'll talk about how it all came to be. Are we no holds barred with this one? No. No, not <laughs> okay. at all. Not at all. We'll be we'll be honest up front and, and give our views on what we think about it. Okay. But but yeah, again, we I think we we thought it was important to to celebrate the anniversary on its own because we also have the Clyde Tunnel anniversary the 60th coming up in that's, the summer. And right. we could have combined the two and had a sort of single event, but that wouldn't do do, I don't think it would do either of them justice. No. It's good to keep these separate, and that way exactly. we can, you know, focus our discussions. Well, anyway, I've got reams of information here in front of me. Where do you start? Website, uh, opening booklet, or booklet, mm. anything. Where do we start? Right, so we start at the beginning. Yeah. Right? So, like all roads in Glasgow built after the Second World War, mm-hmm. the Clydeside Expressway has its origins in a highway plan for Glasgow. Finalised 1963, published 1965. Yeah. It had two main purposes, this road. Like a lot of roads in the highway plan, it wasn't just a distributor, it was also a bypass. 
So okay. it was envisaged that this route that would sneak along the north bank of the Clyde mm-hmm. would act firstly as a bypass of Glasgow's West End. Mm-hmm. A very nice area. It was in the so 1960s. You're going, you're going it still from is west today. To east. Yep. Okay. West yeah. to east, east to west, whatever way you want. Mm-hmm. Fine. So it was recognised that a lot of people in the far west of the city, Yoker, Clyde Bank, Dundalker, mm-hmm. all these sorts of places. Yeah, Scotsman. Yeah. People looking to make journeys connect with the wider motorway system that was planned or indeed get to the central area, uh, the city centre for work or whatever. That, that there needed to be some way a high quality route yeah Yeah. that took them off Dumbarton Road because at Partick Cross Mm. um, and and up the far west end of Dumbarton Road at Broomhill uh, and and, and at Finiston and places like that they were very busy it was a main route the A814 Dumbarton Road still fairly busy but certainly nothing like it was pre-expressway and they thought right we need to get traffic off of here but you know what we also have an opportunity because we've built this nice new Clyde Tunnel and we're building these nice high quality approach roads on, on either side of the river wouldn't it make sense if we provided a link on the north side of the Clyde from the tunnel to the inner ring road at Anderson well that's easy Stuart you yeah. send everyone up Crow Road and on to Great Western Road well, exactly and that's that's exactly <laughs> what would have happened if, if this expressway type road hadn't been put in that particular corridor because right? that actually serves a kind of different <clears throat> purpose or, or area although it's a similar direction exactly yeah. so this one as the name suggests Clydeside, it was going to be close to the river. Yeah, because again, they recognised that even then, even in even in the early to mid-60s, a lot of the heavy industry had started to close. Mm. And there were a number of brownfield sites. And it was starting to become clear that there was a bit of a corridor that they could squeeze it in. So there was a lot of old docks there, like the Prince's it, Dock and, and, and you know where the SEC is now and places like that. But yeah. they had they had the idea that they were going to fill them in. Mm. Right? Um so in in conjunction with that, there was also the railway line, the North Clyde railway line, that was operational. So there was already so an existing Clyde, line. Yeah, there was, because at that time it was just North Clyde line. Yeah, there was no, the, the Argyle line had closed as part of the beaching cut. So yes. It, so I think, actually, I think the Argyle line was still open when the highway plan study started, but it was closed by the time yeah. it was published. But by the time they actually started to build the road, they had decided to reopen it. So, you know, it was it was all the way through, but the allowance was always there for that to reopen. But they, they clearly realised that there was a... a and sort of obvious line on the map where you could fit in this new road without cutting off existing communities. So, I mean, at the time when the Clydeside Expressway was built, for example, like 90% of it was built to the south of any existing property. Yeah, it wasn't going right through Partick. No, no, or Finiston or, or anything yeah. like that. There had been some demolition at the far eastern end as part of the Anderston redevelopment, part of the comprehensive development area. There's some mm-hmm. property clearance there. Uh, but the dual carriageway, that, that side was actually built as part of Kingston Bridge. Mm-hmm. And at the far western end, the White Inch Interchange uh, had been built, obviously, and that allowed for a future connection. So that to the was 1969. Yeah. And obviously, the inner ring roads section near Anderston was was about 1970. Yeah. That was done. So the Clydeside Expressway was considered important, so much so that it was included within the Target One schemes of the Highway Plan. Now you remember the Highway Plan podcast we did fairly recently. Yeah. We spoke about how there were three delivery targets to be spread over the period That's from right. 1965 to 1990. Uh, Clydeside Expressway was considered important enough to be in the top five schemes. So like the North and West Flanks of the Inner Ring Road, Clydeside Expressway, and the motorway across from Hillington out to Bailesnell, Target One. So mm. the, the corporation held it in fairly high regard. So much so that they appointed Sir William Halcrone Partners as consulting engineers on the project in September 1967. So that is actually quite early. Okay, so let's rem- go back to the highway plan. Mm-hmm. Scott Wilson 
of course, put together. Scott Wilson, Kirkpatrick and partners yep. done the the highway plan. Yeah, and all the geometric studies and things that came okay. with that. Where the roads go, what what they what they should look like. Okay, that's fine. And then, but but then, Halker came to have another look at this when they decided. Yeah. That you know this is one of the the targets. So routes. when Scott Wilson did their study, they put the line on the map and said, "This is where this road should go. This makes sense." They didn't go into a lot of detail of what the junctions and things should be like. However, they were fairly clear that it was envisaged that the intermediate junctions at Feniston, Ferry Road, mm-hmm. uh, Partick, yeah. and at Sawmill yeah. at the far west end should be signalised. Like at grade? At grade. So they would be crossroads, basically. Yeah. Uh, so they, you, they wouldn't have flyovers. That's not very expressway-like. No, it's not at all. But So when Halcrow came in, and they started looking at the road and looking at the traffic flows. The, the traffic flow data had been yeah. revised as part of Greater Glasgow Transportation Study and things like that. And they said, well, you know, actually, you're going to get a bit more traffic in this than, than you probably realise. And the Clydeside Expressway is scheduled for completion several years before the M8 between Kingston Bridge and Hillington is finished. So for a spell of time, a lot of traffic is going to be using this as a main route you know, from the west to the east of the city and, and vice versa. Mm. So they recommended that there be some grade separation included. So at Finiston and Sawmill, they proposed two fairly compact grade-separated junctions with an overpass, mm-hmm. okay, duplicate design, nice and simple. And at Partick, uh, there was going to be um, a, a junction in cutting, so yeah. sitting below the level of the, the adjacent properties to shield yeah. it from, screen it from view, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Ferry Road, however, where there was a roundabout for many years, they, they decided to keep the roundabout because it was the easiest way to get the long vehicles in and out of York Hill Quay, which was still very much operational at that time. Mm. Okay. And there was that also does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also another at grade junction on the expressway. I don't know if you remember this one. And it did exist for quite a few years. It was only is closed. One, is this one near the SEC? It's a bit further east than there than that. Just towards York Hill, it was a fire access. Oh, okay, so it wasn't a normal kind of yeah. regular access. Because so I know they opened the barrier up for the SEC yeah. at certain times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that fire junction was mm-hmm. actually there for years. It only was removed when the, the alterations were made around about the, the particular, which we'll, we'll talk about later. So there was another one in there. Mm-hmm. So that was really the first thing that Halcrow recommended. And Finiston. And Finiston. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fine. Corporation said, okay, fair enough. Um, you know, following the general principles of the design of the motorways in Glasgow, they... they they didn't want these huge sprawling interchanges like you would see in America. They yeah. wanted things that compact fitted within two level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were doing compact, grade separated junctions in Glasgow decades before England mm. uh, or other parts of the country were, were looking at them. You know, grade separated junctions in a compact way are really mm-hmm. the norm now uh, for for a lot of roads because well, they, they save a lot of money and they save a lot of space. Yeah. In Glasgow, they were doing that from day one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the Clydeside Expressway is a fantastic example of compact GSJs as mm-hmm. as they would as they would refer to them. Yeah. Anyway, Halcrow. They confirmed that the road should be a dual carriageway, all purpose, not a motorway. Not felt that it was that important. You know, yeah. there would be a number of other motorways in the city that, that would handle the strategic traffic. Mm-hmm. The expressway was seen more as a kind of local it, regional distributor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rather than a kind of overall strategic thing that required a blue line. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, surprisingly, it's actually only three and a half kilometres long. You know, so, so just so a couple of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It feels longer than that. It does it? feel longer than that, but yeah. sometimes you, you you might be thinking, is that including the white inch section as well? Might be included. Is that you say uh, the first part of it in the east was actually done as part of the inner ring road contract? Yeah. Um. You know. So, looking at these things, it certainly does feel longer. It does. It does. Um, you're questioning that opening booklet now. Yeah, I'm just, is this a typo? I'm just. I think they were really just getting to grips with the metric system then, Stuart. So it could be. It could I know. Be typographical. I, I'm reading here about some of the, some of the restraints and things that, that they yeah. had to deal with. Again, the Clyde Port Authority's future intentions for Queen's Dock and York Hill Quay. I, I might have said Prince's Dock. That may be the one in the south side. I don't know my docks in Glasgow. There'll be people screaming at the microphone. Well, uh, the you've got to listen to the Scottish Dock uh, podcast. Yeah, for that. Yeah, for that. So, so yeah. it's probably it's probably right. Um, so yeah. They, by this time, they knew that the Argyle line was, Argyle line was probably going to reopen mm. at Finiston, and there was an old tunnel there. GTS so, yeah. recommended it. So within their overall design, they allowed for that as well. There were a number of structures and things that were going to be required. So we spoke about the overpasses, but there are a number of retaining walls and other bridges and things that had to be planned and had to be built at the same time. So, you know, not mm. just the easiest of schemes to build, particularly when you're squeezing into you know, old brownfield sites and the like. Um Anyway, needless to say, by the time it got to 1970, the design work was complete. They knew where the road was going to go. And and actually, I should a point to make that Halcrow made a very slight adjustment to the alignment of the road run about Partick to save the old fire station at Partick mm. that you can see from the road to the north. So by putting a slight curve in the road, they were able to maintain that building and a number of other ones so again looking to to refine the design just to try and maintain property not cause you know too much disruption yeah uh, and again allowances were made for some of the comprehensive development areas that were planned mm. at the party end as well and it stuck close to the railway line in very close you know? very close yeah. i mean you see the arches along you know much of the length of the railway um when you're when you're you know zipping along at york hill yeah um you know so it made sense let's mm. squeeze this in here you know, to, to, to reduce that. severance. To yeah. reduce severance, you're right. Yeah. Ultimately, it, you there know, wasn't much severance anyway because we're talking about uh, brownfield sites and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the construction contract was only valued at three point five million. You know, which is like nowadays nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we worked out in the booklet that was you know forty to fifty million today, and it was let to to our old favourite Balfour Beatty and mm -hmm. Company. You know, so a, a renowned contractor, um, even at that point, and the contract was envisaged to take. You know, around three years to construct. Uh, amazingly, <clears throat> construction began in 1971, uh, spring 1971, uh, and was completed in April 1973. They actually completed a year ahead of schedule. That's what you can do without having to worry about traffic management. Exactly. And that was despite <laughs> the national economic situation and industrial disputes and various other things that were in the go. So it was, it was completed well ahead of schedule. Well, props to the contractor there. Yeah. Now, there's a bit of an anomaly uh, along the line of the expressway. Mm. Uh, think of a big bridge on the expressway that you cross Point House Road Bridge exactly now, yes. did you know that that was not built at the same time as the expressway oh yes of course now I'm thinking of the current site we've actually got two bridges there now but I understand that this one that was actually <coughs> done as like an advance contract an advance work to get this this bridge in am I correct that's right that? Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, again, corporation, for some reason, very keen to move forward with the expressway. And, and like we've spoken about before, in the old days, they would do advanced contracts. Mm. So there's a bit of money available. Let's do this wee piece, do that wee piece. And then when we've got the money, it's much easier just to slot the road in. Yeah. So there well, was it a, still happens now. It does. Um, you know, with the, the rail bridge up north that was uh, moved from yeah, the A9. It yeah. does. Not, not just so common for road schemes as, as it used to be, but yeah. certainly they, they did that. So, so in 1967, 68, uh, they actually delivered 
uh, a scheme designed by the city engineer and, and, and his department uh, led to H.M. Murray and Company Limited. They actually delivered the Point House Bridge. So that, that was actually in operation for a spell before the expressway proper. As a kind of local route, yeah. just so like you a had, going out of that. You had this yeah. bridge across the Kelvin uh, and, and a tie into local roads on either side and that was there for a few years. So that, that was a good way. That was a good way of getting some expense you know, up front because that bridge would be... I mean, I, I would have been seen as one of the major structures along with Sawmill and yeah, Finiston. Exactly. Yeah. So that was all delivered delivered in advance. Um, you, you're a fan of reading bits from the old the old booklet. <laughs> I love doing that. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and just like, like we said here, this is very 1960s uh, language and, and the way okay. that this is put across. So it says, in the case of Ferry Road Junction, the consultants were of the opinion that the introduction of the grade-separated junction at Hayburn Street diminished the usefulness of a junction with Ferry Road. As the Port Authority wished to continue to operate York Hill Quay as a container dock, it would be necessary for long vehicles from the dock to join the expressway at Ferry Road. The traffic envisaged was not high, and as a light-controlled junction would impose delays on the major expressway volumes, a roundabout junction was proposed as a satisfactory interim solution Interim. Which could be readily modified without undue difficulty should land use of York Hill Key alter with the passage of time. What My a goodness. What a great bit of foresight yeah. that was in some ways, because we know where this is going. Yeah. You know? So mm. the expressway operated in that way for many years. And if you want to see the original alignment in the booklet, you see the map of how it was and you just yeah. roundabout slap bang in the middle. Now Ferry Road roundabout right, let's for a time. Mm-hmm. Was the Sheriff Hall of the West, you know, for people? And I think We're you still calling it the Sheriff Hall. Were, of were West. you a regular user of? No, the... I moved to Glasgow in two thousand and right. So you seven. don't recall so the joys. Not of really. I don't really remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I don't think I was driving driving around it that area. Was a hot spot for congestion. Now, it was a small roundabout, it wasn't was. it? Was and and you know, I don't imagine there was much traffic. There, there was no traffic turning right. Because there was no access to the right. And yeah. by that point, there was nothing going in and really going in and out of York Hill Quay. So I think it was just the fact that there was a roundabout that and traffic slow was down. slowing down for and then moving off from again, you know. Mm. And I think that really was the was the main issue. In fact, the next time you're driving across the Point House Bridge, look down at the road surface and you will see the old yellow bar markings that, that had highlighted the approach to yeah. the roundabout. Some of them are still there, mm. still visible. Um, okay. So, they build it. Mm-hmm. They use these nice economic designs for the overpasses. So, Finiston and Sawmill are basically identical. One's slightly longer than the other. Yeah, but, but it's the same uh, type of structure. Yeah, in practice, yeah. they're basically the same. Very impressive underneath. I like them. Yeah, you're, I like, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're a fan of them. And they've nestled in the station under there quite yeah. well. And they have aged very well mm. for 1960s, 1970s structures. They are very, very, very good. Um, looking from below um like all of the glasgow roads and motorway projects the aesthetic was considered a very important aspect of the project and there's a high quality finish on the retaining walls so the retaining walls finish again like like in parts of the Naringo, they've got cladding on them and it matches the clyde tunnel style which is good yeah um they they used high mast lighting at certain locations at the west and east end to floodlight it rather than mm. having multiple light columns. I, I know they have them at Anderson. Mm-hmm. We had these stunning old style lighting columns in the central reservation with a double head, you know, with the curved 
Yes. Heads at the top. Oh, yeah, the tremendously yep. 70s, yeah. Yep, so they had them running down the centre. It's yep. fantastic. You'll see them in some of the photos. Um, the parapets and things like that, all painted to the same colours as the mm. inner ring road. All You know, all colour white box beam yep. everywhere. Yep. Same with the barriers, things like that. Cobblestones around the bases of, you know, so gantries and things. Well. It was landscaped very well. And what else did it have? It had sign gantries. Yes. So when you get to that. Yep, it had. <laughs> they had them from the start, yes, it didn't did. it? Yeah. They, they were not erected as part of the main contract. They, okay. But was it basically what they did, they built the road, the road opened, and then they then added the sign gantries progressively over a few months mm-hmm. um, which was standard practice at the time they did the yeah. same in the Monkland motorway um, I think parts of the north flank of the ring road were the same actually the gantries came after parts of it had opened not the woodside section but certainly the town head section um, so, you know, so that was just kind of way they did it at that time uh, they had the downward pointing arrow on at all times for the first few years mm-hmm. and then they were connected to Strathclyde Regional Council Citrac a traffic so control system in the 80s and, yeah. and that system continued to operate until last year sadly and it's yeah, you're joking. in the yeah, process of being decommissioned that's right so wait we're going backwards we're going backwards I'm we're afraid going backwards. we're oh. going backwards I'm afraid if, you, if you're driving the expressway today and you look where the signals used to be you'll now just see grey panels because that, that work has been getting done over the last while yeah. sadly no money to, to continue to maintain it or upgrade it so they've taken the decision to, to remove the signals for now but they could be put back at some point in the future should well I, I suppose you know because it is handy if somebody breaks down it's not exactly got hard shoulders on it exactly um, okay where am I where am I what, what were we talking we about we were talking <laughs> we were talking about this is what happens you've spoken about gantries and yeah, you've just I gone know. into a haze exactly we were speaking about some of the, the architectural things that, yeah. that happened with the own and the gantries that came along with it that were done after the road opened yeah exactly um, it is quite an attractive road to look at at points um, I, th- so I, th- I, think the- I think so, but it's yeah. also attractive to what you see from it. I think yeah. it's epic when you're driving oh, yeah. it, what you can see mm-hmm. because of what has come as a result of it. And, you know, that has been through its entire life. So, I mean, if you go back to when it opened in the, in the early 70s, the granaries, the big grain stores at the far uh, western end out towards, you know, uh, Partick at South Street, they were stunning, huge, big buildings. And I remember when they were there and then they get demolished. But then... Other things have cropped up, modern developments that are just as stunning. So thinking about the hydro. The hydro. That was there. Yeah. The SEC has been there since 1985. Uh, yeah, and the Crown Plaza. The Crown Plaza, and then um, the Armadillo came along. Yeah, and the, across, I know this is across the water, mm-hmm. but you get a view of the Science Centre. Yeah, BBC Scotland, the SCV, you know, these things at Pacific Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, there's, there's flats and residential properties. Glasgow, Glasgow, Glasgow Harbour Development. Harbor, the yeah. Riverside Museum, the Tall Ship. Yeah. It's a stunning road to drive along because of what you can see from it. Yes. And although the character has changed over the last 50 years from a more industrial feel to a more modern, vibrant, you know, yeah. leisurely type feel. Um, the Riverside Museum. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot to look at. And of it's a course. great road for that. So what what happened was, I remember we, we were talking about Ferry Road Roundabout. They did make um, some good aesthetic improvements to the expressway mm-hmm. in the 2008 job where they removed Ferry Road Roundabout. Yeah. Another bridge was installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, thus that junction was grade separated. Yeah. Now along there, and we can talk a bit about that job, I don't know if we've got some fa- facts and figures to hand, but they put in feature lighting. Yes, they did, under along. the bridges. It was, is it purple? Purple-blue colour, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. purple-blue through there. Does that still work? I'm not sure if you've been through it. Uh, it, it. It's on and off. I've seen it on recently, but I've also seen it off recently. So, yeah. Because yeah, I, I think that makes it look really good. It does. They also put in a footbridge there, didn't they? Um, because is a... Uh, 
not footbridge. It's kind of the the Hayburn yeah. Street interchange, which is for Partick. So I mean, there you go. Pedestrian pedestrian movements fairly important thing in an urban yeah. area. Obviously, even it, even it has then. a footbridge near the SEC. Yeah, near the SEC, the old whiskey bond place with the clock. Yes. Uh, is that now a whiskey? Whatever it is. You know, you, it you is. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. In you fact, put... that did that you know, used to be something to do with the Port Authority or something that that building. Yeah, something like that. Um, again, people will be screaming at their their devices going that's such and such i work um, there yeah <laughs> the yeah i know so yeah so, so it's a nice it's a nice feature the uh the whole redevelopment there was considered quite important as they as they sought to redevelop around about the glasgow harbour project i mean i think mm-hmm. most of that area had been empty for for a while um and then obviously private developers were coming in glasgow harbour you know the big blocks there with the yeah. flats and things uh, and then the city council decided they wanted to have the the Riverside Museum, so the transport museum when it moved from Kelvin Hall to yeah. there. So that was was that a seventy million pound development Mass, there? Yeah, it was. It's a huge um, job, and it was done around about the turn of the decade. Yeah, I uh, remember that. So, so it was like the junction was two thousand and eight. Yeah, so the jun- I I actually got a site visit to the junction when it was under construction. That was Farron's construction, uh, who mm-hmm. built that the Northern Irish Northern Irish contractor. Uh, I think it was Atkins who did the design for that on behalf of the city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say. Uh, we had a new footbridge, a couple of new road bridges. The Partick Junction was changed slightly, but an additional grade separated junction went in, removing the ferry road roundabout. So this was now an uninterrupted trip all the way from the Clyde Tunnel yeah. to Anderson. And those pedestrian movements we were talking about, actually, even back in the beginning, that was important. So we had the footbridge at the building with the clock, um, and we also had eight underpasses built as well, originally. That's Most right. of them at the far west end. Yeah, because you, would, you wouldn't you wouldn't know they were there. Yeah, they're very well blended. Uh, in. I think one of them was capped off by the alterations at Partick. Remember when we were doing your then and now photos a while yeah. back? We saw it was next to the car wash at the BP petrol station. Yeah, and you could see that there's all the what used to be an underpass is now. Yeah, they were using it as a car valet. Yeah, bay. they were using it yeah, as a bay. It's yeah. because of course that bridge was provided. Yeah. as part of the 2008 works, so it 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 kind of means people can seamlessly get across the expressway to the flats and other things at the other side. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know, um, I mean, I don't know what there is more to say in the 2008 job, but the thing about the expressway that I don't like mm-hmm. is um, either end of it, how it stops. I've always felt that this is a route that should continue further west and link to Clyde Bank properly, thus relieving Great Western Road. As soon yeah. as you get off, as soon as you get past, like, you know Victoria Park Drive South, mm-hmm. which is ultimately where you end up and it gets to the traffic lights. So that's that's end of expressway, kind of from that point, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty woeful going all the way up Dumbarton Road. I just, I do wish it went further. Yeah, and you'll remember that there was proposals for a number of years for a Yoka Relief Road that yeah. I think that was going to utilise so the old railway. And it's going to use the old yeah. railway, railway line along uh, South Street. Of course, the original plan in the GGTS was to continue the dual carriageway along Dumbarton Road. Now, much of it has been dueled already, mm. uh, particularly in the Dumbartonshire County Council area. You're up to the Glasgow yeah. boundary. That Clyde whole Bank bit area done. is okay. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, as you get past, there's a junction called Scotston Cross. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is can be really busy because I used to use it quite a lot. Yeah, uh, going through there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it, you, <clears throat> could you imagine a fully grade separated route? You know, going all the way to Clyde Bank, it would make things a lot quicker. Yeah, it would have done, but certainly not going to happen now. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, you can but dream. Yeah. W- would you like a synopsis of the the overall work carried out? Yeah, go on ahead. the job. We, we like to read from the old booklets. It's always always good. So I mentioned earlier with three and a half kilometers of dual three seven point three meter wide carriageways. We had 1.9 kilometres of 6 metre wide slip roads, okay, 
2.2 kilometer length of existing street reconstruction. So okay. that's so length. that's like yeah, things underneath and the flyovers. Yeah. yeah, we had two grade separated intersections, as mm-hmm. we mentioned. One grade separated intersection with the expressway in Cutting, so at Partick. So the first two, obviously, the overpass. One at Grade Roundabout. 415 metres of dual carriageway viaducts. One road bridge reduced and widened over a railway in service. Okay. We also had 110 metre um, long reinforced concrete tunnel for the future railway. So that obviously became the guile line. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.3 kilometres of single track railway diversion. Now that was at the western end. I think most of that railway is now gone. Eight pedestrian underpasses, one pedestrian footbridge. And 80 metres of an existing railway tunnel re-roofed while in service. So yeah, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. very impressive. A fair amount of work. Um, all in all, pretty impressive job. Uh, corporation were very proud of it. Uh, they sent along the provost uh, and his wife, uh, Mrs Mary Gray, um, the provost at that time was William Gray, right honourable uh, William Gray. And Thomas Fulton, who was the highways convener at that time, he was there as well. He was sort of driving force behind a lot of the highway plan stuff, mm-hmm. particularly in those early days. And it was very well attended, the opening day. In the booklet, you'll see a photo of uh, the lady provost actually planting a tree uh, just after the ribbon cutting had been carried out. Uh, so you know a big a big event, not not a Scottish office level big motor reopening event because it was a uh, no it was know, kind of overshadowed by some was, of the other aye. big things going on. It was yeah. very much a, a, a local thing, a local thing, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of celebration with local schools and, and and things like that as well because they saw this is a big a big thing, and like I mentioned earlier, so <clears throat> when the expressway was completed, we had this line along the north bank of the Clyde, so you could come through the Clyde Tunnel, so at that point, the M8 had been cont- had been constructed as far as Hillington, coming in from the west on the Renfrew Bypass. So you had a short hop along the A8, you know, yeah. just where Brayhead is now. Mm-hmm. You could then have taken the Shield Hall, Shield Hall overpass mm-hmm. junction, and then nip through the tunnel, and then followed the, the Clydeside Expressway today on a ring road, which by that time was complete by Kings, from Kingston Bridge around so to Townhead rudimentary sort yeah. of way yeah. of getting to the motorway and, network yeah and it I takes us that. back to those descriptions and discussions and, and chats we had back in the highway plan podcast about how they they always built sections that were going to bring the maximum benefit at any one time yeah. so they tended in glasgow not to build remote sections of road that weren't connected to other things there was always a bit of logic behind what was finished first so they were like yeah well you know the, the, the Renfrew motorway is not going to be complete until at least 1975-1977 so we'll get the expressway in 1972-73 there's four years where traffic will be able to you know skip through the tunnel uh, and get back to then a ring road relieving traffic from Paisley Road West Paisley Road West and, yeah. and Great Western Road and Paisley Road West saw a huge reduction in traffic um, at that point now we have to bear in mind like just like today even then a lot of strategic traffic going between the west of the country and the east of the country and vice versa these, was on streets. It's all on street. It was yeah. all converging near or, or just outside the city centre. Mm. You know, by providing these new links, they were getting all that strategic traffic through traffic off those roads, away from the residential areas, and onto these new spine roads and distributor roads and bypasses, providing and environmental exactly. improvement yeah. for people who. That's there. right. You yeah. know, I saw. So Paisley Road West was immediately relieved of a lot of traffic, as was Dumbarton Road. Uh, and Partick Cross, which had been chronic, Byers Road, all these sorts of places. Mm. Still busy routes today, but certainly not as bad as they as, as they were or they, they would be, um, you know, if the expressway hadn't hadn't come along. Yeah. So, like a lot of roads in Glasgow, it worked very well for many, many years. However, as traffic continued to grow and exceeded the original 
uh, targets of the of the highway plan uh, that were you know projected for 1990 and eventually 2000. We are way beyond those levels now, yeah. and that has created some operational problems mm-hmm. with the road, i.e., congestion. Now. I'm talking about Anderson Cross. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's, is that the fault of the expressway, so to speak? Or is that Not, the fault of the Anderson Cross Junction being it's a, so busy? It's yeah. a fault of a wider problem. Now, yeah, again, with, with other routes not being yeah. built. So from the highway plan, we get 50% of the routes. So there is more traffic using the Clydeside Expressway than there probably should have been. Uh, There's so, more traffic using the what was built of the inner ring road yeah, than should have been. Exactly. So the, I remember we, we spoke to John Cullen about this, about why the expressway to ring road connection is only grade separated or free flow for traffic looking to go onto or from the Kingston Bridge. Yes, that's right. And the reason for that was that the through traffic that was coming from the west, so say you were coming from Clydebank and you were heading to Edinburgh, it was envisaged by the designers of the highway plan that you would go south over the Kingston Bridge and then use the south and east flanks of the inner ring road to -hmm. travel east. You would not have used the Charing Cross section. Yeah. Because the Charing Cross section, as we've said many, many times, was only for small local traffic connecting movements. between expressway yeah. and um yeah mary, and mary hill, hill and so but the other thing is that the west is you would have probably taken the north link and lomond exactly you know so exactly. it, what you're trying to say basically is that all because these other kind of routes around about the region were not built that's probably why we end up with a situation on the expressway so the, um, the, the clyde tunnel suffers unfairly as a result of things that weren't built anywhere else. So there's a lot more traffic looking to turn left and join the, the west flank of the ring road and go north around yeah. the M8 out towards the you know the east. The, you know, people don't go south in the Kingston Bridge because there's no direct connection to the M74 and, mm-hmm. and a whole raft of other things that have you know that have come since. Yeah. Um you know so that's really the only part of the expressway that doesn't work well. I mean, Finiston Junction has been remodeled. So they have. That's now a massive gyratory, yeah. isn't it, that goes round so... Um, Busy when events are coming out of the But I the think hydro. that was a... I do think it's a bit of a masterstroke what they've done there with mm-hmm. we can't just leave this as a simple diamond interchange. No. We're going to have to have some kind of one-way system yeah. to get everyone, get everyone around, you know. And that works fairly well, in my experience. Yeah, I think it's one of these things that's a bit hard to navigate if you're not sure. I mean, I used to work in the Sky Park building, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I had to kind of use this system. But, you know, when you use it a few times, it's fine. Yeah. So... And, and, and the other parts of the expressway, I think, tend to work very well. So around about Partick with the new junctions, they're okay, a lot of traffic signals, but it tends to work I okay. I find that junction at Sawmill Road, you mm-hmm. know, which people call also call the Partick Junction, the one with the big flyover. Yeah. I always find that really all right, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It never seems to be hugely busy, and yeah. I'm able to get on there. The only thing is, of course, you're getting towards Clyde Tunnel territory with the, the kind of mergers that you have there, which can yeah. be a bit dicey. Yeah. Um, anything you would like to ask about the Clyde Expressway? Well, here's one that, that blew my mind. It's not even about the expressway, but it's about that Sky Park building. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the Sky Park building, looking at it, is this modern kind of white steel and glass structure mm-hmm. was built. That's year 2000, clearly. No, it was built before the Clyde Expressway. It was the Clyde View Centre. The Clyde View Centre, yeah. because I noticed it in a picture, I'm like, what's that doing there? Yeah. Uh, but it was actually reclad, yeah. wasn't it? And now it looks like any modern large building. Yeah, significantly refurbished. But it's, it's another good-looking... Uh, structure along the way mm-hmm. so it is there's a whole raft of things in that corridor that are not just nice to look at would you agree Stuart that the Clydeside Expressway has been a benefit not just for Glasgow but maybe just for the, for the Riverside West End undoubtedly okay. undoubtedly because prior to the Expressway there was no road access along that part of the city yeah. other than local connections here but there. does it continue to be a benefit to this day clearly given given changing landscapes and clearly. how we want to get about yes I mean Surely the benefits to Dumbarton Road 
alone okay justify its existence okay so let's imagine it, it was closed yeah. or it's not there where would this traffic well, go what would the effect would that have on the amenities that are fed by we, the we have a recent example that we can call upon during cop 26 the conference in glasgow the the expressway was closed remember uh for a, for a few weeks till out for the, the cop 26 conference at the hydro yeah of course and uh, at the time uh now we were still a bit we were still within COVID about the time. Traffic right, flows okay. were still a bit down on where they were pre-COVID or where they're back to now. But there was a significant increase in traffic observed on the Barton Road and on the M8 mm-hmm. because traffic that would normally come through the tunnel and, and, and head east uh, was, was basically left on the M8. So traffic actually increased there and on Paisley Road West and in some of the other surface streets that you maybe initially wouldn't think would be directly affected mm. by the closure of it, you know. Uh, of course, there was a lot of media advertising as well, which meant people kind of stayed away. That's sometimes the best way to manage these yeah. things is talk about it, and everybody thinks, actually, let's think again about making this journey. Yeah, but I think if you were closing that in the long term, right, and, and, and people started to, to return to to the roads in that area, because people are still going to want to go from Clyde Bank and Yoker and places like that to the city centre, to the, just connect to the motorway system. Um, they are going to find ways of doing that, and that is definitely going to snag up Dumbarton Road. I um, think it would have a Patrick huge... Cross. Finiston would Finiston, suffer, because yep. you get rat running through there. And yeah. that would be a shame, because these areas have actually become quite quite nice in recent years. There's been a lot of investment in Finiston and yeah. at Partick Cross. Because you don't have, you know... A, some kind of forty-ton wagon. Yeah, exactly, going down you the don't street, have, yeah. you know, you don't have thousands of heavies going up there every day because they're mm. on the expressway or they're on or, the motorway. or all these cars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know, and mm. it makes it means the buses can flow better. They can, you know, they're more reliable mm. and and things like that. It's it's a road that seems to have come on. It's come in for targeting from. Certain... I have noticed it's appeared on the radar of, yeah. a, of a certain group of people with an agenda to. Um, that's gonna say vandalize the city's infrastructure through. Through certain means, political yeah. means, and um, it's just us speaking about it now and looking at all the things that have come across on the uh, come about. Sorry, as a result of the expressway, mm-hmm. How, these things wouldn't be there without no. it. You know what I mean? No, so like like I was saying, there was no direct east-west road in that corridor prior to the expressway, um, and all those empty docks and all those yards and all the rest of that that, that closed down. The, the access from the expressway to areas led to the SEC. The Riverside Museum, Glasgow Harbour, and all these other developments that have. That and have I don't buy up. the severance argument. Neither do I, because the, the road, ninety percent of the road, ninety-five percent of the road runs beside the railway line. So it was that. It was that severance was already there. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna say, oh, it's you know, it, we, we it, to remove it, it would unlock potential at the riverfront. Yeah, Wait, I'm sorry, but you'd have to remove the railway line as well. Yeah, you know, it, it, exactly. Uh, and and visually, it's it's not an unappealing road. Um, it has a 50 mile an hour speed limit on it actually the first few years that it was open it operated with a 40 mile an hour speed limit mm-hmm. uh, just to point that out a lot of people might not remember that it's a very rare um, example of a speed limit being raised yeah I've got, of it going up um, mm. you know so it, it it effectively gets traffic from you know one part of the city to the other and you know I've seen re- you know regional bus services use it mm. uh, you know tr- you know buses going to the uh, the, the hospital and, and to Clyde Bank and parts of Dumbartonshire. Well, this is the other thing: is the new hospital, mm-hmm. of course, is is that's is been a huge by. traffic generator. Yeah, is 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 rel- the ex- expressway serves that as well. It does, you know, just as the so. tunnel does. So yeah, I think it's got a it's got a key role to play in the city's road system as it is. Um, it doesn't upset anyone. It's not built <laughs> through historic landscapes or, or yeah. 
you know, next to nice fancy big buildings or anything like that. Everything mm. that's next to the expressway basically sprung up as a result of the expressway. Yeah. You know, and, and they're all great things. That's it. They're all great things. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just oh, we'll just close the expressway. All right. Well, how how do we get people from out with the city centre to the hydro or do we just say oh well you know what we don't want people from Warwickshire or Dumbartonshire coming to the hydro anymore mm-hmm. we only want it for West Enders yeah. you know from people from the city well, you people sh- who can walk there Yeah, and and I'm sorry but well, I'm sorry, but it's just it's, not the, realistic the hydro is not just a Glasgow pool no. but it's a national pool we are, we have, how many times know. have we said it we are a cornerbation a city yeah. region as, as, as the, the yeah. phrase that all you that likes to you know yeah. that seems to be used a, met- a, a, a metropolitan area uh-huh. yes uh, so. you know and, and 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 people have to consider that that you know. Well, do you know what, Stuart? Let's uh, let's decree it then that the the expressway is is a good thing and yeah. it should should probably stay. It should Happy definitely stay. Fiftieth anniversary. Happy fifth, yes, Clyde exactly. the expressway. Uh, you won't get a lot of love elsewhere, but the Scottish Roads Archive will always are, give you love. will give you the love, and and, and <laughs> that's why we've released. And hopefully, the people listening it. to this will 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 come to learn a few yeah, things about it and indeed. appreciate it. So. And we've refreshed our web page as well. Go on there for a look. Yeah. Scottishroadsarchive.org forward slash Clydeside-Expressway. Yeah. Now, what else do I need to tell you? So I've told you about the booklet. Get online, get on our merchandise page, get mm. one of them bought. They are limited. This this is not getting a full run like the Kingston Bridge and others had. Yeah. This is a strictly limited edition booklet. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. Use um, it to complete your collection, yep, I suppose, if you've exactly. got Exactly, continue the collection. The proceeds from that booklet obviously go to the running costs of the Scottish Roads Archive. They keep us online. They mean yeah, we can record uh, this podcast. Recording this podcast is not free. You know, hosting the podcast is not, is free. not free. There is a charge. Uh, and we need to be able to pay that. So all these mm. things help. So thank you for that. And on that note, we really should thank our sponsors. Yes. HBS Scotland. Yep. Thank you to Nigel and the team. Yes. And also to Eastford Excavations. And Andy and the team there. Absolutely. So yeah, thanks thank to those you. guys for the ongoing support. And for, for, for you guys, of course, for following us and for listening. The podcast is more popular now than it has ever been. We well, are very I think that's close down to some of my. Oh, it would be. It would be <laughs> very popular. Um, yeah. uh-huh. Thank yeah. you. And uh, I think we're fast approaching actually the fiftieth thousandth download. Yeah, fifty thousand. Surely we download. have to have a podcast celebrating the fiftieth thousandth download, and then you know uh, that coincided nicely with the fiftieth anniversary <laughs> of the Clyde Side It's Express, a bit meta, but, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um, okay, as always, you will hear all these podcasts, more than 50 episodes, in fact, online, anywhere you'll find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Podbean. And YouTube. And YouTube as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Leave reviews. Reviews are good. That gets us noticed. It gets us a bit of advertising. Um, if you like what you hear, you enjoy listening to John and I moan every month. Um, then <laughs> educate, I prefer, Educate, sorry, that's the word. Um, <laughs> go online, leave us a review. Yeah, and don't forget about social media as well. We're loving the interactions, love the comments, and I just hope you guys enjoy the content. So go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on Twitter, and follow us there to get your daily fix. Yeah, just a reminder, just on the social media, we've had a couple of comments recently where people have complained that the content is too Glasgow-centric. Um, I, I guess... I, I, I've seen these yeah. as well, but people must remember that. I suppose that's where we've, we've come from yeah. uh, originally, but we're, we're branching into the rest Just of a stuff. reminder that we were the Glasgow Motorway Archive for, for many years, and we only last mm. year um, became the Scottish Roads Archive. So, of course, yeah. the vast majority of our content is Glasgow-centric, but, but we are diversifying. We are. And I like that people are hungry for more stuff around Scotland. Yeah. And we are getting so much material coming in. It does take us some time to process this. And we have some Scotland-centric podcasts coming up, don't we? Oh, you're going to love the next few ones if you're... Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Say no more. Say no more. We, we won't ruin the surprise. So they're, they're all coming up as well. So yeah, definitely worth sticking with us for that. Cool. Um, but in the meantime, John, I think that's, that's enough. That's us. Happy yes. birthday, Clydeside Expressway. Here's to another 50 years. Hopefully. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. And uh, if you want to know more, check out the website. Yeah. Buy a booklet. The best way. Stuart, I think it's been a good one. Thank yes. you very much. Bye for now. Bye-bye.